Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. But we're so glad that you are here today. I say this all the time when I, when I preach. I believe that there's no greater place that you could be today than here with us. And I am glad that you are. So if it is your first or second time here at Generations Church, we just want to welcome you. Can we just give it up for our first and second time guests today? We're so glad that you're here. We won't make you stand. I promise we won't make you stand and tell us your name. Uh, but we're glad that you're here. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Pastor Aaron and I am the associate pastor here at Generations Church, Um, and I would love the opportunity to meet you if I have not had that opportunity yet after service in the lobby. But again, we're so glad that you're here. I'm excited about today, and I know the announcement video hit on a lot of great things, but I do want to reiterate, Sunday Fun Day is next Sunday, and we couldn't be more excited. Uh, We have a great service planned for you, a great time of worship in the Word Plant as we continue our series, Figuring Out Family. Uh, We have a ribbon-cutting ceremony that we are going to do in between services. So since you come to the 1030 service, if you want to get here about 1010, it's going to be at 1015, right out out in front of our building. Uh, But if you did not know this, we bought the whole building. So Every tenant, so Anytime Fitness, the retro shop, the nail salon, they all rent to us now. We own this whole property, the parking lot, the the lawn out there. We own it all. So we're going to celebrate with a ribbon cutting, which we're very excited about. And then we have a lot of great things planned. We have carnival rides, face painting, balloon animals. Uh, We have food and ice cream, uh, mission strip barbecue fundraiser plates that you can go ahead and register for today on our website But it's going to be a great day. I want to encourage you, invite a neighbor, invite a friend, invite a family to come with you to that. And then also today is week two of our fall G group launch. So if you're not a part of a group, we would love for you to find community within a group. And there's no greater place, we believe, to find community than through a group. We have about 18 to 19 groups that are launching this fall, and we would love for you to be a part of them. I give you, I got you three just to kind of advertise today. We have a young married group. Uh, so if you are young and you can classify however you want to, if, <laughs> I don't feel young anymore. Uh, but uh, if you are young, your 20s, early 30s, uh, and you're engaged or about to be married, like you're almost to engagement or you're just recently married within the past three to four years, this group is for you. This is a group for you to find community for people uh, that are in the same stage of you as you. And this is led by John and Michelle Thacker, a phenomenal couple. It's going to meet every other Thursday night. It's going to be a great time. Then also we have another group that I'm excited about. It's called Steps for a Cause. So it is a walking group that is going to meet every other Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. at Etowah River Park in the fall to get cold, but it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and that's led by Todd Ramatowski and Garrett Snyder. And so they're just going to walk. And it's for a cause. You get to download an app. And somehow the app, every step that you take, um, it starts donating a little money to a charity of your picking. But then also we have another group that I'm very excited about, led by Ken Summers. That's Basics of Christianity, uh, which is a six weeks course and class uh, that just goes through the basics of Christianity. So if you're new to the faith, uh, if, you're, if you just want to learn more about the basics of our faith, this is a great class for you to go through. It actually meets during the nine o'clock service 
upstairs in the conference room. It's a six-week class starting September 10th, so it's going to be a great class. I would love for you to hop in a group. Go out to our tables out there. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a buffet style. You know, I guess it's like a job fair. You just go and meet the leaders, talk to them, get to know them, let them sell you on their group. If they're not excited about their group, I'm excited for their group, so I'll, I'll be excited for it. Uh, but we hope that you get in a G group this fall. So that's it. That's all the advertisements I got. But today, I am excited about the message today. We have had an incredible past two weeks in our sermon series called Figuring Out Family. In week one, uh, Pastor Jeremy talked, talked about figuring out faith in our family. And what I loved about his message is that he said that faith is not supposed to be this side dish, this add-on to our family. It's supposed to be the main course. Our families are supposed to be centered around faith. And he challenged us to put faith at the center of our family. And then week two, uh, last Sunday, he talked about figuring out forgiveness in our family. We've had people in our family that have done us wrong, and we have to find forgiveness in our hearts for them. We may have done people wrong in our family, and we need to ask for forgiveness. So he talked about figuring out forgiveness in our family. Today is part three, and we're going to talk about today figuring out friendship in our families. Today, we're going to talk about figuring out how to have a healthy relational dynamic in our families. Uh, And I've heard this quote many times in my life, and maybe you have too, but it says this. It says, I have to love you, but it doesn't mean I have to like you. Has anybody ever heard that? I have to love you, but it doesn't mean I have to like you. I feel like we tie this to family all the time. Like, we have to love our siblings. We have to love our children. We have to love our in-laws. But it doesn't mean like we have to like them. That's what we think or that's how we act. And what happens is we tie this into families and that's how we treat family, that we have to love them because we know that, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. That's the Christian thing to do is to love them. But we also kind of treat it as like, it doesn't mean that I have to like you. It doesn't mean that I have to spend time with you. It doesn't mean that I have to talk to you in a good way, that I have to, you know, make quality time with you and, and treat you well. We, we, we kind of put this kind of saying into families today. And there's, a, there's, there's some people in this room that, that may know this about me, but uh, my brother and I, who's two years older than me, I'm 32, he's 34, uh, we grow up pretty close. Um, my brother and I, we never had like this amazing friendship growing up. Like we were not close. We probably fought more than we got along. We probably fought more than we ever said a word to each other. We were completely different people. And uh, what's funny is we actually probably fought more in church than anywhere else. I don't know what it was about church, but we got in fights all the time at church. I mean, great fights, fist fights. It was awesome. Um, I don't know what it was. I guess we had to be together and like acting like we liked each other was too hard. And that kind of motivated us to fight even more. So we didn't have this like great relationship growing up, but because of generations of my family uh, fostering a healthy family and relational dynamic within our family over the past years and couple of years and couple of months, our relationship has like drastically Change. And I'm going to give you a testimony of this. I shared this a couple of months ago, uh, but 
It's a testimony to what God can do and how if we put intentionality behind our family dynamic that God can change our family relationships. And so a couple of months ago, actually probably a year ago, but then also a couple of months ago, my brother texts me randomly out of the blue and says, hey, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. I just want to come over and cut your grass. Now, I'm not telling on myself, but I'm telling on myself, I'm not the best at outdoor labor. <laughs> I am not the best at cutting. Like, I can cut the grass and it'll look good. I'm just not the best at consistently cutting the grass. I don't know what it is about it, but I guess my brother who lives the street uh, next to mine just drove by and was like, man, his grass looks awful. Like, let me just bless him. And so he texted me about a year ago, and then he did it again a couple of months ago, and he just came over and cut my grass. Like, I'm inside with Bethany and the kids, and he's just outside sweating, cutting my grass. Like, I mean, you don't do something for someone, you do something like that for someone you don't like, am I right? Like, you're not getting out in the heat and cutting someone's grass that you don't like. I mean, that's, that's a testimony to what God can do through fostering a healthy family dynamic. A couple of weeks ago, he came over to my house and put together my shed. And like, that had been sitting in my garage for a couple of months. Now I just feel like I'm telling on myself and I don't know why. But like, you don't do something like that for something for someone that you don't like. But if we put intentionality to, towards our family and, and creating a healthy family dynamic, God can move in your family and change relationships within your family. Parents, how can we foster a healthy family dynamic to where you have a relationship with your child, with your kid that lasts past the 18 years that they live in your house? How can you foster that? How can you be intentional with that? Parents, how can we, one, parent them first and foremost, but then also to love them in a way that opens the door for a healthy relationship and friendship with them? Married couples, if you're married in the room, how can we foster a healthy dynamic and relational dynamic in our marriages that prioritizes friendship uh, between each other and between spouses that is greater than the busyness and the weight and the craziness of life? Like, how can we raise kids and, and love our kids and, 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 and teach them and parent them, but then also at the end when they move out, have that friendship and relationship that lasts a lifetime? How can we have a friendship between our spouse Grandparents and in-laws, if you're a grandparent and in-law in the room, how can you foster a healthy dynamic in your family that doesn't just spoil the grandkids, uh, but creates a healthy dynamic between you and, their, and your adult children and their parents, but then also you and your grandchildren? How can you have a healthy family dynamic that lasts generations and generations? How can we foster healthy family dynamics in our families. God has a plan and a purpose for your family. God has a plan and a purpose to do great and mighty things through you and your family. And how can we foster healthy relational, how can relational dynamics, how can we, uh, in a world that there's so much discord in family, there's so much division, there's so much uh, contention and frustration between family members, how can we create healthy family dynamics within our family? So again, week one, we talked about the foundation of faith 
in our families. And then in week two, we talked about forgiveness in our families and forgiving those that have offended you. And today, we're going to continue to build upon that. So we had faith and we had forgiveness. And today, we're going to continue to build, to, to, to form healthy family dynamics within our family. Today, we're going to go back to Deuteronomy 6. So if you have your Bibles today, go to Deuteronomy 6. Week one, uh, we looked at faith through Deuteronomy 6. Today, we're going to look at friendship through Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 through 9. So if you have Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, uh, you can open that up. It'll be on the screen. But it says this. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your, on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And thank you, Hobby Lobby, that we can do that on our door frames. Am I right? Amen. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Amen. Let's go. Uh, But the first simple truth that we see in Deuteronomy 6 to help us create healthy family dynamics in our family is this. We have to prioritize togetherness. We have to prioritize coming together as a family. One dictionary defines togetherness as this, as a happy feeling of affection and closeness to other people, especially to our friends and our family. Is that what you think about when you think about getting together with your family and friends, like your family, like this happy feeling of affection and closeness just rises up within you? Is that, that's probably not the norm. Everybody's like, man, I think about stress when I think about getting together with my family and the chaos and the, the frustration and the awkwardness that is there. Like, but we need to have relationships with our families that prioritizes this togetherness in our family. A survey done a couple of years ago, said that American families during the week spend about, spend about 37 minutes a day having quality time together. 37 minutes, not even an hour a day spending quality time together. Now, the survey also said on the weekends, it jumps up to about two hours and 40 minutes a day on Saturdays and Sundays. So on average, an American family spends about eight hours a week spending quality time together. Now, if you hear that stat in this room and you hear eight hours a week and you're like, okay, yeah, that's about right. That's about, we spend about eight hours a week together. Uh, that's, that's easy for us. But if we're honest, a lot of people and a lot of families in this room, you hear that and you're like, eight hours a week. There's no way in the world we spend eight hours a week together. I would kill my family if we spent eight hours a week together. Or if we even go a step further, which is a lot of, I feel like it's where we, a lot of families land, it's we spend eight hours, but it doesn't feel like eight hours. Am I right? Like it doesn't feel like we spend eight hours together. So wherever your family lands in that, I just want to ask you this question. I want you to have this on your heart and on your mind today. How intentional are you being with prioritizing togetherness in your family? How intentional are you being with prioritizing togetherness in your family? Deuteronomy 6, uh, uh, 6 through 7 has this idea of being intentional when we spend time with our kids. And it says this, it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you give, get up. This is living with intention when you're, you, when you're talking with your kids about God, when you walk and when you talk and when you lie down, when you get up. It, it's living with a life of intention. And our families have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. And that means, uh, that means something done with the purpose and having this purpose behind what we are doing. Intentional means doing something with a purpose. So our families, your family needs to be intentional with the time that you spend together. You have to be intentional about the time that you spend together with your family. And here are some practical ways that we can be intentional with the time that we spend together. Families, have a shared activity. Have a, that's a simple one, but have a shared activity that everybody in the family engages in. Now, if you are like my family, do not choose a card game. Do not choose a card game. I warned you here first. Do not choose a card game. It is going to get real bad. There's going to be bad relational dynamics within your family if you choose a card game, at least in mine. But if you choose a card game and it goes bad, I warned you first, so you didn't listen. We'll talk about that more later. But find an activity that everybody in your family can engage in. Maybe it's a daily family walk. I love going on walks with, with, with Bethany and the three kids. Not in this heat, though, but I love going on walks with them. Maybe it's a weekly movie night. Maybe it's going to the park together. Maybe it's reading a Bible plan together. Maybe it's making a meal together with your family. And one that I, I think brings a real good help to the family and the relationship is if you volunteer together. Serve alongside your family. Serve alongside your kids and your parents. Serve alongside them, and it starts creating this relationship and a healthy relationship between y'all. Families today are too busy. We are too busy. We have too much going on. We're running from place to place, and, and hours and days are just flying by. Am I right? If you're a parent in this room, you know it. I heard when I started having, Bethany and I started having kids, it was like, you better take advantage of it because time flies. Like time flies and family, and that's because families are so busy. And what happens is you get so busy that you stop prioritizing togetherness with your family. And then you get to the end of the week and it's like, did I even say hey to my spouse this week? Did I even like do I know who they are? Like, and it's like, my kids, like, I've gone through another school year. They've, they've already passed through eighth grade. And then it's like, oh my gosh, they're graduating. And then like, oh my gosh, they're getting married. And, and it starts flying by. And, the, and what happens is we stop prioritizing togetherness in our families. And we get to this place of like, why do I feel so distant from them? Like, why do I feel so distant from my spouse? Why do, I find, why do I find myself so distant from my kids? I don't even feel like I know my kids. Like, why do I feel so distant from my parents? And, and why do my kids feel distant from their grandparents? And you get to this place where you're frustrated, and, that, and then all of a sudden the enemy it seeps into those relationships, and it starts, presenting, uh, starts separating you, and it's like, well, we're just better if we just split up and go our own ways, and marriages split, and families split, and and, and 
it's because we stop prioritizing togetherness and we have to share activities together. So a simple way is to share an activity together, just not cards. Uh, parents, learn what your kids love to do. Learn what your kids love. What do your kids love to do? And how can you do that activity with them? How can you support them in that activity? Find out, figure out what your kids love. When I was a kid, my family went to the beach probably like once a year. We'd go to Myrtle Beach. Anybody like Myrtle Beach? Anybody go to Myrtle Beach? I love it. I grew up there going all the time. I don't know why. Shout out to Myrtle Beach. But we went, we went to Myrtle Beach, and I was the kind of kid, and I feel like if you're a parent in this room, you are going to relate to this. I was the kind of kid that did not sit down ever. I was constantly doing that. So if you have a kid in this room, if you're a parent, and you have a kid that way, I was that kid. We're sorry. We'll get better. We promise. It'll, get, it'll come back to us sooner or later. You know that. Uh, but I was the kid that did not sit down. I loved sports. Like, Love, 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 love sports. I would do any sport, really. I'm terrible at golf, but like I love doing it. I love sports. And so like I wanted to play baseball on the beach, and I wanted to throw the football on the beach. And we went camping, and at the campground, uh, campground they had a basketball court, and I wanted to play basketball. And what would happen is would be I would have to ask my dad because my dad was my football coach, my baseball coach, all these different coaches of mine. And, and so I would go to him and be like, Dad, we throw the football. Dad, we throw the baseball. Dad, let's go play basketball. I never let my dad sit down. That's probably why he can't throw a football today because I just wore him out. But the, the, the testimony to that is he found out what I loved and he did that activity with me. He supported me in it. Now, he did be like, I can't play right now. Like, I'm so exhausted. But he supported me in uh, what What's something your kid loves to do that you could support them, that you could do with them? Now, if you're like me, I hope my kid's not an artist because they're not going to come to me. I'm, I'm stick figures. That's my, that's my wife. She's the artist. Uh, but what, what is the thing that your kid loves to do, and how can you do that with then families today need to spend time together. Parents today need to figure out what their kids love and do that with them. It doesn't mean you have to run your family around rampant from practice to practice or event to event, but it does mean as parents, in order to foster healthy family dynamics and relationships with their kids, we need to know and learn what they love to do and do it with them. Spouses, continue to pursue one another. Continue to pursue one another every day of your life. Continue to pursue one another. Husbands, or how are you being intentional about pursuing your wife? Husbands, how are you being intentional, doing something with a purpose? How are you being intentional with how you're loving your wife? Wives, how are you being intentional about loving your husband when you're together together? Are you being intentional about what you're doing? And are you being intentional about showing uh, your spouse that you care and you're listening and and that you care about the things that they care about, that you are pursuing them? Married married couples or couples in general, I ask you this question. What's the next thing in your marriage that you are looking forward to doing together? Always have a next thing that y'all are looking to do something together. Now, if you're like me, uh, I like trips, so I'm looking forward to the next trip. I'm always thinking about a trip that Bethany and I could take, constantly. 
I'm constantly talking about a trip that we can take. But the next trip that I'm looking forward to is going to New York City. I love New York City. I love going there. I, lo- I think it's the food, probably. Um, but I love going to New York City. So I'm looking forward to one day, maybe it's just getting away from the three kids. Like, maybe that's it. I'm just looking forward to getting away for a little bit uh, and spending time with her. But I, I think about a trip. That's the next thing that I'm looking forward to. Now, if you're like my wife, uh, she's a lot about experiences. Like she wants to accomplish a goal and do like an experience together. No, so the next thing that she's looking forward to us doing, and I just found this out like two weeks ago, so pray for me. Um, but she's looking forward to doing bachata together. Now, I don't feel like I got a lot of response, so you may not know what bachata is. I didn't either until two weeks ago, but it's a form of dancing. So, <sighs> Pray for me for that. <laughs> that's going to get very interesting. I'm going to have to be serious the whole time while dancing. I think that's the hard thing. I'm a goofball dancing. And so being serious, and I, I'm not, anyways, I'm not going to even try it. I've, I don't even know where to start with that. So, but she's, she's looking forward to that. But have something that you both are looking forward to doing together. What's the next date night that you want to go on? Like, what's the next experience that you want to experience together? What's the next trip that you want to go on? What's the next TV show that y'all want to, you know, watch together and binge watch and make sure the other spouse doesn't skip ahead so y'all watch it together? What's the next TV show? Be intentional with continuing to pursue one another. In order for us to impress the word of God in our families, upon our children, upon our grandkids, In our marriages, in order to do that, we have to prioritize togetherness. You have to make it a priority to spend time together. Are you being intentional about spending time together? Are you thinking about the time that you're going to spend with your family this week? Or are you just going throughout the week and it just kind of flies by and then it's next Sunday and then it starts again? Like, be intentional. When I was a youth pastor a couple years ago, um, my philosophy with students is if I wanted to disciple a student, I had to first reach them. Like I had to figure out who they were and like what their name was. They had, to, they had to come to meet me. Like I had to reach them in some kind of way, but I also had to invest in them. I had to invest time. I had to invest relationship. I had to show that I cared in order for me to disciple them. And that's the same in our families. In order for us to, to form healthy relationships in our families, we have, to, we have to invest in our families. We have to reach our families. We have to invest time in relationally. We have to show that we care to our spouse and our kids and our grandkids. And if we want to have God at the center in our family that's centered around God, pursuing after God, we have to invest time together as a family. So if you want to create a healthy family dynamic that points your family to Jesus and creates healthy friendships and relationships within your family, prioritize togetherness. Be intentional. Prioritize connecting with them relationally, investing time in them relationally. One last thing I'm going to harp on before, and this is super practical, but I saw this uh, two weeks ago, and, and it fit right into my message one other way that we can prioritize togetherness, and this is going to hit home. I'm just going to let you know a little bit. We have to put these down. We have to put these down. We have to put our phones down. I know that's not super spiritual, but, but it can be. Like, we have to put our phones down. You know, it says 
I said earlier that we spend about 37 minutes a, week, a day together. There's a study a couple years ago that showed that adults, not students, not kids. So just imagine how much kids and, and students actually spend on their phones. But adults spend three hours and 47 minutes a day on their phone. And that doesn't even include work. Three hours and 47 minutes. So 37 minutes with their family, but three hours and 47 minutes on their phones. How many people in this room, the first thing you do is check your phone? That's me. The first thing I do is roll over, check my phone, mostly because that alarm is screaming at me. But the first thing we do is get on our phone, and then we're home together, and, and we're sitting around in a family. We're sitting at the dinner table, the rare times that families sit at the dinner table, and everybody's on their phone. I go, Bethany and I go on a date, and you look around, and couples are on their phone. Both of them are on their phone. We have to put our phones down. If we want God to be at the center, and we want, we want to create healthy family dynamics, we have to be present. We have to stop letting our phones and stop letting other things distract us and take us away mentally and emotionally. Put our phones down. Prioritize together. It's all about being intentional. We see that in Deuteronomy 6. I know this is a practical way, but we see this this, uh, spiritual part of this, this biblical part of this of being intentional. So let us be intentional about prioritizing togetherness in our family. The second simple truth is that we have to realize that communication matters. Communication matters. How we communicate and what we communicate matters. I can say the nicest, sweetest thing in the world, but if I ang- look angry, they're not going to receive it that way. How we communicate and what we communicate matters. James 1.19 says this. It says, understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. Could it be that your family dynamics would drastically improve if we would just listen more and speak less? If we would just listen to our spouse instead of thinking ahead of how to counteract their attack on us, if we just listen to them and, 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 and try to listen for the why behind what they're saying, if we just listen more and speak less. Pastor Jeremy and Corey wrote an incredible book last year called Your Marriage Matters. And uh, in one of the chapters, it's all about this idea of communication, how to better communication uh, within your marriage. And in one of, their book, one of the chapters, it, it quoted this, it said this, so the more words we say, the more we might have to regret. I can think of a very few times in my life where I regretted being silent, but I can think of a lot of times where I regretted saying something. However, it's not just about being quiet. It's also about listening. It's not about being quiet. It's also about listening. A lot of times in our families, especially if there's frustration, especially if there's contention through, through the family, within the family with someone, we are so quick to get angry. We are so quick to attack, to be ready to attack. We thought of, we, we premeditated what we were gonna say if somebody came against us. We also get defensive and then we attack. We're so quick to get angry within our families. And so we speak more and we listen Less. That's what happens. We, we're so quick to be ready to get angry or to be, to be defensive that we speak more and listen less. What do we do when we are in an argument with our spouse 
or just sowing in general? What do we do when we're in an argument? A lot of times, I find, and even of this to myself, that as someone is saying to me and is coming at me and I'm feeling attacked, I'm not really listening to what they're saying. Like, I may hear it, but I'm also thinking of how am I going to counteract, like how I'm going to prove their point wrong, how I'm going to win this argument, or how, 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 am I, how are they just not going to win? And you don't have to raise your hand if you're like that too. Uh, but that happens a lot of times in a relationship. As someone is talking, you're thinking about your response. In our marriages, in our families, we have to listen more and speak less. And I'm not saying you should never speak and never communicate because there's some things that we have to communicate. There's some things that we have to say, but are we doing it with the right attitude? Are we doing it with the right intention? We need to listen more and speak less. Proverbs, 8, Proverbs 16 verse 24 says this, gracious words are like honeycomb, like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. That's what gracious words are to someone. Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. With our words, we have the opportunity to speak life into our marriages. We have the opportunity to speak life into our spouse. We have the opportunity to speak life into our kids. We have the opportunity to speak life into our in-laws or to our son-in-law or daughter-in-law. We have the power to speak life into our grandkids, into our family. We have that power. But also with that power, we have the power to speak death. We can speak death upon our relationship with them. We can speak death upon them and, and curses upon them. Like we have the power to tear them down and, and, and say bad things to them or about them. And it just tears them down and tears down that relationship that you have with them. We have that power and it's in our words. So that's why our words and our communication matter. Let our words be gracious as we as we talk to our spouses, as we, as we talk to our family members, let us, let us be gracious. Let us be kind and showing grace to them and, and to each other. And when our words are gracious and they speak life, it starts helping form healthy relational dynamics within our family. Instead of being quick to speak, instead of being quick to be angry, say something and say something that tears them down let us be gracious towards them. Let us, let us be gracious towards our family members, to our spouses, and speak life to them and listen to understand why they may be saying what they're saying. Kids in the room, if you're a student, if you're a kid in this room, be, be slow to anger. Be slow to speak. Listen to your parents. They're wise. They, they know things beyond your years. Trust me, I now know this more than ever having three kids. Like, be slow to get angry, be slow to speak, and listen, because they have a why. But listen for that why. They're telling you not to go somewhere. They have a why. They, ha- they, have, a, they have some wisdom, and they're telling you why. They have some intention. Listen to them instead of getting angry. Listen for the why and be intentional about being gracious and slow to speak. At going back to our scripture today, It says this, it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. 
I truly believe that if we want godly friendships within our family and a healthy family dynamic within our family, we have to talk about the word of God together. We have to talk about the word of God together. Parents in the room, if you want godly children, you need to talk about God with them. You need to open up the word of God with them. If you want a healthy relational dynamic with them that's centered around God, you need to talk about God with them. Open the word together with them. Get in the Bible with them. Speak about what God's done in your life. If you want a healthy relationship with your spouse, read the word together. Read, open the Bible with your spouse and read God's word together. If you, you want your relationship to change in your marriage, Open the word of God and read it together. Get in a devotional together. I've, also, I've, I've heard this a couple of times over the past couple of weeks, and I don't know why, but maybe it's for today. But it's, it's so hard to be angry with someone that you're praying for. And it's so true as well. It's so hard to be angry with someone in your family if you're praying for them, if you're reading God's word with them, if you're speaking the word of God over them, if you're doing a devotion with them. It's so hard to be angry. We need to speak life to them and we need to get in the word together. How often are we talking about God's word with our family? How often are we getting together as a family and, 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 and reading his Bible and reading the Bible and diving in the word? How often are we talking about it? How often are we testifying to our kids and our grandkids about it? I remember story after story of my grandparents just talking about what God's done in their life and how God changed their marriage and God restored their marriage. Grandparents, your grandkids need to hear those stories. So talk about it. Open your mouth and talk about the word of God together. How It, it matters. How and what we say and communicate matters. So let us be intentional about what we talk about, what we say and how and what we communicate within our families. So to boil this whole message down, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's all about intention. Intention. When you think about your marriage, are you living with intentionality? Are you, are you, are, are you having some intention, with, the, in, intention uh, with your marriage and with your spouse? Are you waking up thinking about, like, how can I speak life over them? How can I pursue them? How can I build a better relationship with them? Are you being intentional with your kids. Parents, your kids need you to live your life with intention. So in your family, are you being intentional with their relationship and caring for them and loving them? Grandparents, are you being intentional with with your family? Are you being intentional? Are you living your life with intention? Last week, Pastor Jeremy preached on figuring out forgiveness in family. And again, it was a powerful message um, and as we forgive our spouses, as we forgive our, our kids, and as we forgive our families, as we forgive our siblings, as we forgive our in-laws for what they may have done to you or you might have done to them, God wants to create healthy family dynamics within your family. God wants friendships within your family. God wants friendship within your family dynamic. In a world where families have so much contention, in a world where families are so busy, in a world where there's so much discord in marriages, there's so much dysfunction in families, God wants you 
to pursue him and to live your life being intentional about your family and about the relationships with your family. He wants you to live your life and in, in, in every relationship that you have to live it with intentionality. We need to be intentional about it. And I believe as we do that, that mother and mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, their relationships will be healed. As we do that, as father-in-laws and son-in-laws, their relationship will be healed. That siblings' relationships would be healed. That, that kid and parent, uh, parent and child relationships will be healed. That spouse's relationship will be healed as we live with intentionality when it comes to our family. We have to consistently and constantly work to live with intentionality. So I want to close in this and I want to close in prayer. And as I was preparing this, I believe just God laid on my heart that, that we should pray together as a family, that you should pray together today as a family. If you're going to live your life with intentionality and live with, be intentional about your family, you need to pray together as a family. So here's what I want you to do. If you're a family in this room, I want you to get with your family and pray with them. If you're alone at your seat, or you don't have family members here, you're just with your friends, maybe you can pray together with your friends. But I want you to stand in the place of your family. Pray for your family. Pray over them that God will restore and continue to bring relationship healing to your family. But stand in the place of them. So I would love for you to stand on your feet with me today. If you have family in this room, you can pray with them. You can get with them, huddle with them. If you have your spouse in the room, hold their hand, hug their neck. But let's just pray over the families in this room today that God, God would heal and continue to heal the relationships within each family. God, we thank you today. God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in families, God, through this series, God, that, God, that faith, God, become at the center, God, of families, God, that forgiveness continue to flow and to be uh, proactive, God, in families, that people would forgive each other, God. But God, today, God, we pray that you build upon that. God, we pray for the relationships and friendships God, within family, we pray for the, the families that have dysfunction and have uh, brokenness, God. We pray, God, for relational healing, God. God, we lift up every family, God, that is in this room. God, every parent, every child, every grandparent, God, every in-law, uh, God, every sibling, God. We pray, God, that you mend relationships today. God, that we, we build upon your word and we seek you, God, together, God, as a family. God, and we pray, God, that you bless families today. God, that you bless them relationally. God, that we believe, God, that you have a purpose and a plan for families. And God, that you don't want discord. You don't want to want dysfunction and frustration. But God, that you want healing. So God, I pray relationships, God, be healed today. God, we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.